Welcome back for Mum Talk Series 6, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum, from pregnancy to life now with a baby, sharing all the highs and all the lows. As we go through this series, I will be joined by knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, and also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Hello and welcome back to Mum Talk for Series 6. Now I'm going to admit first off that this is the fourth time I've pressed record at the beginning of this podcast because clearly I'm a little bit out of practice. It seems like an age since I've chatted with you guys actually um, and I guess it really has been there was the bonus ep- bonus episode bonus podcast um, put out just before Christmas but that was ages ago and actually if you look at the mum talk Instagram feed <laughs> you'll know I just haven't been there and I'll come back to kind of why um, but essentially long and the short of it is I just wanted to give myself a really really big break from everything. Um, I feel like I've deserved it. I mean, I've been running this podcast since I was 12 weeks pregnant and seeing as Amandine was born in September, 2018, that's quite a long time. And it has been, well, especially kind of early days, there was a podcast every single week for about a year. Um, and then I decided to do it in series. Clever me (laughs) decided to do it in series so we could do 10 series and then a little bit of a break. Anyway, that's waffle. So I hope you all had a great Christmas and a great new year. We had a very chilled one, which was again needed. We just went to my mum's. It was my mum, her partner, my sister, um, Hendrik and Amaldine. Hendrik had Christmas off, which is pretty much like really Christmas off. He really had Christmas off. So we had um, like two days before Christmas off uh, and then Christmas day itself and then um, a good like two or three days after. That's the first time that's ever happened in our entire relationship. He's always working Christmas, um, which I guess part of the job, but he doesn't book Christmas off. He's kind of been saving up his loyalty points, I guess, um, for when we have kids. And we have kids now, but Amandine's obviously young enough to, too young to really understand what's going on. But luckily this year he had it off, which is brilliant. And I'm crossing everything that he'll have next year off too, which will be lovely. Because Amandine really did, compared to last year, um, or the year before, because we're in 2020 now, um, but compared to last Christmas, when she really had no clue what was going on. This time you could tell she she knew something was happening. She knew something was going on. She was a little bit confused by kind of all of the new things that everyone was getting. She, she wasn't really that interested in any of her toys that she was getting. She was more interested actually in the saucepan that my mum gave me for Christmas. Um, but we all had some lovely prezzies. Again, I'll come on to that in a minute because I want to share some of the presents that she did get because they're brilliant. None, none of them were gifted or anything, but um, they were gifted by family and friends and actually given to us, which was lovely. And she's still enjoying playing with them. Um, 
And it's quite tricky, actually, for Amandine to stay engaged with a toy, I find. She really likes to just explore, like, bedside cabinets and desk drawers and all the things that you don't necessarily want her going into, but of course she wants to go into. Her favourite thing at the moment is pulling out the bottom drawer of my chest of drawers and throwing out all of my active wear, all of my leggings and my bras. And I mean, I have an obscene amount of leggings and bras in there, obscene now at the time when I was teaching yoga as much as I did you know fresh pair of leggings fresh bra fresh top every single day um it didn't seem like an obscene amount but seeing as I'm really not practicing right now it is an obscene amount for any person to have um so I won't be buying anymore anytime soon but I'm trying to cut back on on uh, that anyway but that's another topic for another day New Year was wonderful. New Year isn't that great of a time for us. I think I shared that on my bonus episode with you, actually, so go and have a listen. Um, But Hendrik and I were in bed by about 10 o'clock. Fireworks woke me up because they were literally over our house. They're at the Royal British Legion, um, which is, I don't know, just across from our house, just a little bit. You can't see it, but oh my goodness, the wind must have just been blowing the fireworks to explode over our house. It was so loud. And I was lying in bed thinking, do not wake up, Amandine. Do not wake up, Amandine. That will not be a good start to the new year for me. I do not want to be woken up um, and have to get out of bed and go into Amandine's room. I could hear them on the baby monitor after I heard them in real time, like a second before. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Anyway, we got through it. She didn't wake up, which was brilliant. And then uh, on New Year's Day, we... What did we do on New Year's Day? On New Year's Eve, Hendrik went surfing. We drove down and actually my mum met us down there and brought Amandine and I back to my mum's house because it was freezing. And we, it took us like 40, 40 minutes to get up the road from the beach. If any of you come down to the southwest, and I'm sure you've probably been to Bantham if you're a beach goer, if you're a surfer, or if you, yeah, just like a really beautiful beach. It's the, possibly the most beautiful beach down um, this way. And uh, But the road in and out is narrow. There's not very many passing spaces. And if people don't drive down it regularly, they don't know that if you have more than three cars together, or even two really, two or three cars together you just can't get past and it ends up being gridlock and that's what happened on new year's eve so i had to get out of the car and go in direct traffic which was fun amandine was kicking off because i think she's she feels sick in um, my mum's partner's car he has uh it's kind of a four by four e type thing um but it, it's it's really rocky anyway she just wasn't happy so that was a good start but new year hendrick and i actually went to Seaton Wetlands. Now, if anyone lives in East Devon, you might have heard of it before. I wasn't really that impressed, but as you probably know, New Year's Day, it was pouring with rain and it was horrible weather. It's really horrible. So we probably shouldn't have got in hindsight, um, but we did and (laughs) it was wet. I mean, there were some ducks to feed, which was really great. Hendrik loves taking Amandine to feed the ducks and we thought it would be a little bit easier, but I guess because we're coastal-ish, there aren't so many lakes or, you know, when I used to live in Hertfordshire and um, I 
I mean, I didn't really grow up, but a lot of my childhood was spent in St Albans and Verilanium Park, where there's a huge pond. Oh, it's not really a pond, lake, I guess. Loads of ducks and birds to feed. And um, I guess a, a lot of my childhood memories are doing that. And so Hendrik wanted to find somewhere where we could do that here, but that really isn't anywhere. <laughs> we found like a little reservoir place, which actually one of our friends who have just moved here um, found. And it's a, it's a really tiny little mini uh, reservoir and reedy area um, and we went to go there but the ducks just aren't used to being fed um, so they're not very friendly and they don't really want to be fed so that was a bit rubbish um, but we interesting you're probably not interested in any of this but just in case there's anyone based down here who wants to go feed the ducks we found a good place yesterday down Topsham down um, along the riverfront just back from the pub don't probably not explain this very well underneath where the church is and um, where some of the boats are on pontoons there there's there were loads of ducks there two black swans um loads of well not loads of seagulls actually maybe a couple of seagulls um some smaller birdies yeah it was really fun and loads of pigeons obviously but they're uh, they're west country pigeons <laughs> they're fine <laughs> they're cute actually um and that was really fun. So we went to feed the pigeons yesterday. Now I'm going to get back on track to what I wanted to talk about. You guys came with some brilliant questions. My DM box got very, very full. So I'll have to do a Q&A, I think, on my Instagram at some point soon. Um, so on this in this series, we've got some really brilliant guests coming. The two guests which are um, already recorded, I recorded them over Christmas, um, are... Izzy Judd, who is um, a three-time author, and her latest book has just come out called Mindfulness for Mums. You might have seen I pop that very briefly on my Instagram account. Um, she is wife of Harry Judd from McFly, of course. Um, and it was really interesting having a chat with her, actually, because my I, I've been very much in the mindset, and this was one of the reasons why I took such a break from everything, was to become a lot more mindful, um, a lot more present, try and just feel better I guess um I get quite bogged down by it all sometimes and um I think it's quite tricky we, we have access to so much information so much uh news um so many good and so many horrific things happening worldwide it's, it's quite challenging not to get bogged down and I also think with the weather <laughs> with our great British weather um that's also quite hard too because it's just non-stop grey and cloud and I would much rather live somewhere with proper seasons but it just seems that our seasons seem to be pretty dank and I feel like this last year I didn't really get much didn't oh my gosh I can't get my words out didn't get out into the sunshine much um in the summer so I'm regretting that slightly but it's also this time of year where Hendrik and I are like we need to go somewhere warm we need to get some sunshine really badly um just because I think you know everyone needs a bit of sunshine in our lives and we're not getting so much we're not getting so much so she's coming on. She's coming on next week. She's going to join us next week. And also Emma Warlow, which if you don't follow her already, you need to on Instagram. She runs the Playful Den Instagram account and blog. And she is a kids play expert, kids culture expert. So she advises um, loads of brands of what's to become, what's going to be coming next on the kids play front. And it was absolutely fascinating, the conversation that we had. Um, 
we chatted loads around imaginary play and uh, she did some brilliant gift guides over Christmas if you've got birthdays coming up or whatever in the next year definitely go and have a look at those as your children start to show what they're interested in their creative sides and how you can really embrace your creative side Um, I find as we get older our creative side gets a lot less um and we start to care about what what people think about what we're doing but I've really tried to stop caring about that actually so she is coming on in the next couple of weeks also so I am I'm really excited to share those with you and then obviously we'll have more and more guests and I am gonna really 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 try and get Hendrik on this series so I think I might try and get Hendrik on along with his friend who is a new dad I think together they may agree to come on but individually I'm not making much headway with Hendrik he kind of smirked when he saw the results of the poll of you guys saying yes he should definitely come on it was I think it was 99% that he should come on um and he's still like yeah no they don't really want to hear from me all I can tell you is it will probably be filled with swear words okay I'm going to get on to prezzies that we love for Christmas um and then I'm going to get on to your questions a little bit further in prezzies that we love for Christmas so loads of people I actually saw loads of people getting their kiddos mini kitchens and when Amandine has gone to other friends houses and she's actually played quite a bit with their mini kitchens which is lovely however in our house we don't we have a lovely open plan big downstairs area but it's pretty full already and I didn't feel like we had a space for a mini kitchen and also I'm really trying to reduce the amount of things that I buy for Amandine that will either not see her through for a really long time or they'll end up kind of just being shoved into a corner or I'll end up um, getting rid of them. So my mum actually bought her this mini, 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 mini kitchen. (laughs) And it's basically a countertop mini kitchen. So um, I'll try and take a photo of it and share it on my Instagram so you can see what I'm talking about. But um, it has like a hob and a little sink and it comes with some pots and pans and some salt and pepper and some spoons and you can pop your little spoons um, in little holders and it has some knobbly bits at the bottom where you can click it round and it makes a great clicking sound and it has a clock which you can um turn to the right time it doesn't obviously have any cupboards it but it folds away so it's really clever you can literally just unscrew the sides at the bits at the side and then you can fold it down and it has a little hold like handle so you can carry it so if you were going i don't know to your in-laws for the weekend or your parents for the weekend and you wanted to just take a really great toy with you um you could take that and it's tiny it fits it's like the size of a large I'm actually my mic this is how pro you can see this podcast is but my mic right now is sitting on the Collins complete DIY manual um easy complete and helpful we actually found this book really unhelpful so if you're thinking about buying it and you're doing DIY don't I don't just use google um but it's about the size of that which I would say is a large large a4 maybe a bit longer a bit bigger than an a4 um yeah so that's a really great prezi what else did she get she got loads of books because anyone who knows amandine she loves her books she is happiest having a good old read of her books she got some pjs which is super cute um but we very much limited to one gift per person and because last Christmas it was ridiculous she got so many presents it was absolutely absurd um 
So it was really for my mum, to be honest, because my mum kind of goes all out. And even though she's not spending a fortune, which is great, um, she buys loads and loads and loads of little things, which we then have to find space for in our house. (laughs) Um, So we just said, right, if you want to get Amandine a gift and you absolutely do not have to, then please um, just one thing. Uh, So the dog did get her something, which was obviously also my mother. Um, But yeah, Truffle's got Amandine a little gift as well. What we were thinking actually in next year and we'll probably start it for her birthday this year is anyone who does want to give Amandine a gift, we I think we're going to open up like a little savings account for Amandine. It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this actually, whether you guys have done this and then if anyone would like to give Amandine a gift, then um, we, we are thinking about starting something like that and then it's their choice if they... Um, it, it wouldn't ever be spent by us for things for Amandine. Um, it would be for Amandine when she was, say, I don't know, 50. Did you give these things to kids when they're 15? Maybe 17? 18? I'm trying to think about how responsible I was with money at 15. Probably not. Not very responsible at all. So let's go for 20. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on that idea. But it's just an idea that we're floating at the moment. I mean, some of me, a bit of me thinks... Mm, yeah, not many people are going to want to give her money. Um, however, it's just a nice option to have. But Hendrik and I are thinking about doing that anyway, is starting a really little savings account for her. Even if we put in, you know, even if we put in like one pound a month, it's still something, right? And then, you know, by the time she is 18 or 20, whenever we decide to give it to her, that's still a fair bit of money, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yes, few other things that she really loved on the books front actually I'm sure you guys all know about these but we were quite late to the party my friend Millie gave us um or actually (laughs) gives us quite a few of these books which is brilliant and I bought a few more but the Julia Donaldson and Alex something Axel no it's, it's Axel right books they are brilliant so I think one of them what what have we got we've got the snail and the whale the gruffalo uh what else the monkey puzzle uh zog because they if you don't know this yet but they're on bbc iplayer um and we have been watching the little cartoony things and actually millie gave us the monkey puzzle ages ago but i just love them they're so cute we do try and stick to french books as you know as we've talked about before but when i do story time i really like to read her uh an english book because it allows me to really feel the special um the special side of story time, I guess. It's really nice. Whilst we're talking about things that we have been reviewing, the new 360 degree Cybex car seat. So Cybex very kindly sent us their gold bracket Sirona S I size. I knew I was going to love this car seat because when I asked you guys which ones you recommended, you most of you came back with this car seat. And I have to say it is absolutely flipping brilliant. If you are looking for a new car seat or you're looking for the next car seat up, um, as we were because Amandine had grown out of her first ever car seat, this is the one. If you have tricky cars, which Hendrik and I do, so we have one five door and we also have one three door, which is a really, really old mini clubman. Um, <laughs> and I was really, really struggling to get Amandine in and out of her car seat with her old car seat. Now, the best thing about this car seat is that it rotates 360. 
So when you're going to put Aldine in and out of the car, you can turn it with one hand, it's just a one-handed me mechanism, round to the side where the doors open. So you can literally pick her up, put her straight into the car, buckle her in, which is really easy, and then it's the same one-handed mechanism, twizzle her back round so she's rear-facing. And that's the other thing I love about this car seat is it is rear-facing. There's absolutely no doubt that it is safer for your child to be rear-facing. Um, it says here that the rear-facing car seat reduces the risk of injury in head-on collision by more than 80% when compared to a forward-facing car seat. So that is obviously the fact that it's 360 pretty much the best feature um, but when your child gets to an age where you want to turn them forward you feel like their neck's strong enough to turn forward and also the chair allows you to t uh, turn them forward because they there is a mechanism on it um, which doesn't allow you to turn the seat to forward facing until your child is a certain height and a certain weight you've actually physically got to switch the button um, to have them forward facing otherwise it's just automatically rearward facing because you can have this seat from birth until four years so they will probably reach a point before they hit four years um, where you will want to turn them around I'm guessing um, and you will need to go and open up that tab within the car seat so you have the ability to turn them all the way around and face them forward there's recline features to have it recline in rear facing which is brilliant Amandine is so comfortable in this seat in the daytime she sits and she has her little book and it's the cutest thing watching her in her seat reading her book and many many a time she falls asleep at that brilliant danger zone time where you've either gone out for lunch and you're coming home for a nap or it's around 11 30 where she could definitely fall asleep but is still hungry and she will fall asleep <laughs> it is so comfy that car seat she absolutely loves it has a five point harness system um, it also has these really brilliant little um, tiny little slips where you slip the buckle ends I guess so you take Amaldine's arms out and then you put the buckle straps into these little um, loops in the car seat and that means that when you when I put Amandine back into the car seat, the straps aren't all in the way and they're out of the way and it's really easy to do. Um, really good guidance with the green and red buttons like you have on most car seats these days. Absolutely brilliant. Um, the fabric, you can take it off, you can wash it. Uh, what else can I tell you about the car seat that I'm really impressed with? Oh, really easy to install. So easy to install. Um, literally straight into the Isofix, adjust the leg, and that's it really that's it I had to raise the headrest a little bit because obviously it comes for an infant it has all the infant inserts in because you can use it from birth uh, when it arrives so I took all of that out um, and then put it in the car and yeah it was really really easy and when we do move over to um, using our three-door car it's just going to save my back. It will absolutely save my back. I will have to flick the switch so I can turn it all the way around to put, because obviously I don't have side access. Um, I have to swing the front seat forward and then, you know, put myself in um, in the footwell at the back. Oh gosh, it really is backbreaking. Um, but because I'll be able to turn the seat forward, I'll be able to put Amandine in and then still twizzle her around to be rearward facing. 
but hopefully I'm really hoping that by the time I go back to the three door car because Hendrik uses the three door when he goes to work in Exeter but when he goes to work in Bristol he uses the five door car but that's in the summer so that'll be in May I'll have to go back to that so I've got quite a few more months and I'm really hoping that by then she will be walking that she'll be able to jump in the footwell and then climb up into her own seat and then I won't need to break my back at all yay um what else can I tell you oh it has this really great thing on the side of the car seat so there's a section which you um press it and a uh it's like a little tab I guess pops out of the um top of the the top of the car seat and it's called an integrated linear side protection system um, which protects in the event of side impact so as you can tell i think this car seat is the bee's knees but i knew i would love it i knew i would absolutely love it go check it out um on cybex it is the cybex serona s i size uh, which is also isofix and uh, it is in their gold um category Okay, what else can I chat to you about today before I get onto your questions? Um, I was also going to talk, I'm just looking at my computer, which is on 3%, so I'll have to stop and go and get my charger, but that is also fine. Um, Walking, yeah, I wanted to update you on the whole walking thing. So, over Christmas, Amaldine was, when we were at my mum's with her wooden floor, um, Amaldine was starting to push herself up from a squat type position, um really really well like doing it loads and loads and then she'd go more which is what she does when she wants more of anything it's too cute um and she was doing it loads and then we got home to our tile floor and then she stopped doing it so I kind of feel like if we'd stayed at my mum's for the last two weeks she'd be walking already there's no doubt about it she is affected by our tile floor for sure I think she very much realizes that when she falls over on the tile floor she slaps the tile floor Whereas with the wooden floor and with the carpet, my mum's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more forgiving, I think. Even though you think, okay, tile floor, wooden floor, they're both hard floors, but tiles are cold, hard floors. Um, wood, is, it is a little bit softer, I think, in my opinion, anyway. I'd much rather fall over on a wooden floor than fall over on a tiled floor. Also, we're a little bit more worried about her face and her teeth (laughs) on our tiled floor than we would be on a wooden floor. Um, Saying that, though, she did fall over on my mum's floor and she grazed her chin and it was a proper little graze and no idea how she did that because the tiled floor is completely smooth. So unless she hit it with such a bang. But anyway, um, she's getting there. So the most amount of steps that she's taken by herself are 10 I reckon 10 steps she took by herself but the minute she um she's better walking if you put her up against the sofa holding on and then you kind of beckon her towards you she's much better that way than if you hold onto her hips and then either walk with her or say walk to papa and and she gets halfway and then she realizes that you're almost within reach and she launches herself at you and so you end up having to catch her which isn't really ideal because she then laughs and she thinks it's a game which is the same when you kind of stand her up and then she'll almost do that trust exercise where she'll fall back and she'll hope that you're there to catch her and you know we obviously always are but um she just thinks it's a game she doesn't really think that no Amandine you need to walk now darling and like 16 16 and a half months come on hurry up and walk it's just getting quite tricky because I think I've mentioned this in my podcast before but going outside and I'm still carrying her she's super heavy and 
Um, I mean, heavy for me, but she is heavy. I just really love her to be able to run around and she's got loads of energy now. And I just, I don't know. I feel like she needs to run some of it off, you know, but I'm really hoping in the next few weeks, we will progress this. We are going to France, um, and in a couple of weeks, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, um, yeah, things will progress a bit. I, I have actually, talking about walking, went to town this morning to get Amandine's feet measured, because you may remember, if you've been listening to the podcast, last series, uh, we went to Clark's and we bought her some of those little early walkers. So she has been in those because we've been encouraging her to walk when we go out, um, to walk with us holding our hands, which she does really, really well, um, and just get her used to it. And she's getting on really well with those. And I thought her feet had grown quite a bit. So I went to get them measured today and one of them is growing a lot faster. Well, not a lot faster, but a bit faster than the other. She's almost a size three, uh, in one, shoe and still a two and a half in the other shoe um so what I have done is bought her some little wellies because when we do go to France it's going to be wet it's going to be sandy and those little early walkers it's fine when we get them wet here because we just shove them in front of the fire and they dry super quick but they never have their fire on at Hendrik's parents house so um I don't think we'll be able to dry them so fast. So I thought, okay, wellies. And even if she's just sitting on the little kind of truck thing that she has at uh, Hendrik's parents' house, at least she'll keep her feet dry and she'll just get used to wearing a little bit of a bigger shoe. I mean, you never know. Maybe she'll walk easier. I very much doubt that. Um, but something you might be interested in, if you have someone the same age, uh, a child the same age as Amandine, with small feet... Um, Clarks don't do, and actually most shoe shops don't do things like wellies or boots until size four shoe. So I went on to Jojo Mama BB website, and I think that's the only web. I think I think that's the only people I've come across who start wellies at size three. And the lady in the shop said, "Go for size three because one of the shoe, one of the feet is already size three. So that's what we've done. And I bought her some welly socks because I don't know about you, but I remember memories as a child wearing wellies and just constantly having my socks bunched around my toes because the socks just roll down. So I've bought her some welly socks which come all the way up over the top of the welly. Um, and I think that'll be better for her as well. And also they're fluffy, aren't they? They're a lot bigger and a lot fluffier. Um, so they'll make her feel a little bit more secure in her boot. But also she won't have as much contact with the ground, yada, yada, yada. Ah, dear. So she is almost, well, she's getting there. But, you know, she could be months away. I reckon she won't be properly walking until she's 18 months. She's going to go the full 18 months, isn't she? <laughs> but let's hope that she is walking by 18 months because our health visitor lady, when we had our 12-month checkup said that if she's not walking by uh, 18 months, that we had to go back for an assessment. But, I mean, she's making all of the necessary steps, so I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal at all. Okay, so loads of you guys have asked me about sleep. Um, so first of all, I just wanted to touch on Christmas sleep because Amandine settled really, well, really, really well at my mum's, but <laughs> that was because the two days, we had the luxury of the two days before Christmas, um, or, sorry, two days before we went down for Christmas, 
I went down to my mum's and we stayed one night because I just wanted Amaldine to get used to being in the cot at my mum's um, without lots of people there, just so she was used to going to sleep in that room and in, in a different cot. And that worked really well. It meant that when we did go down for Christmas, she settled super, super easy. I also think that she was really tired out from people um, and lots of fresh air. We went on loads of hikes. Uh, so yeah, that worked well for us. We're still, so when we go to France, because she hasn't been for a while, we're still going to do the normal things that we do, which I've talked about many a time before whilst traveling. Take a sheet from here that she's slept on lots of times. Don't wash her grow bag. So take the grow bag that she's been sleeping in. Don't wash her PJs. I'm really bad at like getting all of my clothes clean, all of Amandine's clothes clean before we go on holiday and actually for nighttime stuff you don't want to do that because you want them to have that smell have all the things you know at home around them so try and take their favorite toy if you can that they have in the cot Amandine's only just started having teddies in her cot she never had them before she never had a snugsy um she's now just got a couple of teddies in there because um I don't know why we do it really I think maybe it makes us feel better I mean, she she only cuddles them really when we go in to get her in the morning because she gives them a kiss and then she gives us a kiss and then we give the toy a kiss and then she gives the toy a kiss. It's a bit like, you know, that, that thing that you do in the morning. Um, but a lot of you had some really great questions. I'm just going to bring them up right now, actually, about so I can answer them specifically as much as I can remember because I'm pretty rubbish at remembering this, actually. Okay. Let's go into this. I can't find the episodes where you talk much about how you transition from short cat naps to longer naps and how this happened. Yeah, I know, neither can I. I'm really sorry. I'm really... I, those early podcasts, I didn't really write the description so well. <laughs> um, I just... I need to be much clearer this series, I think. Um, I wrote I wrote about sleep. I literally just put sleep, which is highly unhelpful looking back. So how did we do it? Let me have a think about this. How did we do it? So I seem to remember Amandine went up in her... Amandine didn't really have a schedule early on because, you know, babies, they just they just sleep when they want to sleep. It's a bit like sleep, eat, poop, repeat type of thing, isn't it? Um, it's really tricky to remember. But I think we started putting her upstairs in the evening around, I want to say, eight weeks. Something like that. Some, something like eight, six to eight weeks. Just because she wasn't settling in front of the TV very much anymore. Um, and whilst we were chilling, she just you could just tell she just didn't want to be there. Um, and that's when we started getting quite solid in the evening. So we would put her upstairs I would say around hmm but her upstairs around seven o'clock I reckon in her in her um sleepy head in her cot and then with the baby monitor um and then I would get her out at 10 when I would do that feed um, at 10 o'clock and I would put her into her snooze pod out of the sleepy head next to me that was definitely around eight weeks around two months but as terms as cat naps go in the day god oh, I can't really remember but I'll tell you who we used and I go on to taking care of babies 
um, blog. I never used any of her courses. I didn't pay for any of her courses. We didn't need to. Um, a few of my friends absolutely swear by her courses. So if we get a tricky sleeper, uh, the next time around, I'll definitely be buying those because we've been very lucky with Amandine. We really have. I mean, she's, she's a really great sleeper and I, I don't really know if that's me or if that is, um, me following some of taking care of baby's advice or if we've just been really lucky uh but she is great so go there I'm, I'm pretty sure it's around the four month mark um that we started to implement a little bit of a routine Amandine is a routine baby she loves her routine and if we are out and about and it is bed it is nap time or it is bedtime you can almost do it <laughs> to the minute you'll look around it'll be like seven o'clock in the evening which is normally her nap time she'll be asleep she'll be asleep already or we will be in the car and it'll be 12 30 she'll be asleep already um so she is she yeah she's pretty good she's a, she's like a clock really um go and have a look at the blog because her routines and her her naps one thing I would say it worked for us because we live in the country so we have to take our car everywhere that we go we're not really walking around town in the buggy um much unless we're you know really out out for like a morning activity or we're in the park or something um so I had to make a decision whether I was always going to be out and about with her naps or I was going to be home for her naps now because I had the podcast I wanted to be home for Amandine's naps so I could do my work um and it worked really well it actually worked really well in hindsight because that's what made it you know really easy we went we had solid nap times I stuck to them I did my work during them um and Amandine got into a routine really quickly and loved having a routine so I would say you know if you think your baby's a routine baby some babies just aren't but in my experience it's worked wonders for us and we're now down to one nap I think before Christmas we weren't quite or we were getting there weren't we um, but we're now down to one nap she takes her one nap after lunch around twelve thirty, sleeps until about 2 30 um sometimes it's a bit later yesterday she went down at quarter past one and she slept until four uh, which during the winter is actually a bit pants because you then really can't get back out in the afternoon because it's dark. Whereas today I'm hoping that she'll wake up around twelve, around 2.30 because she went to bed at about quarter past 12. Um, and uh, I'm currently, it's currently Monday and it's currently quarter to two. So I will get a wriggle on so I can uh, actually get this done before she wakes up. It's definitely getting harder though with this podcast because in one nap, that's not so much time to get everything I need to get done um okay what else what else what else I'd love to hear about how you transition from feeding to sleep without lots of crying oh oh you're gonna hate me but Amandine just grew out of it there wasn't lots of crying um maybe that's because I waited for her to grow out of it I don't know I stopped breastfeeding when Amandine was exactly a year didn't I no 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 a year and three months Oh my god, I can't even remember when I stopped breastfeeding. That's bad. I actually have written that down. I'll try and find that out. Um, but yeah, she just grew out of it. When did she grow out of it? We started to implement the bottle a little bit more, I suppose. And maybe that helped her from feeding to sleep. Because Hendrik, we did go through a stage actually where Hendrik really did uh, feed her quite a bit more. But I don't think that was until... That wasn't... a at least until she was about nine months I'd say maybe eight nine ten months 
Um, and then when I would give her her evening feed, instead of giving her the bottle, she would still feed to sleep. Um, and then maybe she'd kind of wake up a little bit. But I, I mean, I think your baby's four months old, right? So I, a lot of the advice that's given that I've read up on says, um, to not give them, well, it does actually say, I think, to give them like a little bit of a jiggle before you lay them down in their cot, but you're not probably in at the cot stage yet, but, um, I would say feed to sleep and just not let it, try not to let it bother you, um, and and they'll grow out of it. I mean, that's the only thing I can really say from my experience. It would it would be a bit silly of me to give, try and tell you anything else because I haven't experienced anything else. Um, and hopefully they'll just really get to like their cot. But I guess at four months they're still not really in their cot yet, are they? I can't really answer your question, but hopefully I've given you a little bit of insight into um, our experience with it. Um, but really have a try and have a listen back at some of those podcasts I'm so sorry I should I I will it is on my list of things to do this year go through the early podcasts try and make the descriptions a little bit clearer and write on them which ones are for what ages and that would really be very helpful wouldn't it um I will try and do that I will really try and do that but yeah a lot of the advice says um to to not put them down asleep but I was never going to wake Amandine up (laughs) from falling asleep on the boob to then put her down not a chance um so if you feel like me then I would just keep feeding to sleep unless it's a particular issue and then um some people switch around their routine so some people do bath milk then book we actually never did that we always did bath book milk mainly because Hendrik would do the book and I would then do the milk um because Hendrik didn't start putting Amandine down until again, like seven, eight months. Yeah, seven or eight months. I remember going away with Amandine when she was six months. My sister tried to put her down for the first time and Hendrik never had. And she was not successful. <laughs> um, okay, what else can I say? Uh, also, how to change from sling pram naps in the day to cot naps and extending those naps. Yeah, again, just try and... Um, Try and be at home for those nap times. Look at taking care of baby's advice, which I'm sure starts at four months. And uh, she, I think, is quite uh, strong on suggesting they should be in the cot, those naps. Um, and then that that would be quite easy. But I would, you know, you don't have to do all of them. Just remember, you don't have to do all of the naps in the cot. Maybe try and start with one of those daytime naps in the cot. And we did that with Amandine, actually. It's starting to come back to me. We did that with Amandine fairly early on because I wanted her to get used to her cot. And I would also put her in her cot, in her nursery, um, to have a little nap during the day um, because I wanted to get her to get used to that room because then when we moved her over at seven months from my room to her nursery she was so used to that room because she was always in there during the day for her naps by then and um, yeah was perfectly happy I mean I think I've had to since I put Amandine in her room at seven months I've had to go into her room three times since she was seven months and considering she's 16 months now one of them she was ill uh and the other times I think she'd done a poo or something it just it's never been because she hasn't wanted to be alone in her room so I would always try and suggest try and get them in that nursery even if it's for just one of those naps a day they can be in their sleepy head if you have a sleepy head um in the cot they don't have to be you know or even in their bassinet but put it in there where they're going to then be sleeping for the next you know 
few years. What else can I say? Uh, I'd also love to know when you leave Amadine to cry and when you pick her up, reassure her and how you go about this. So I'm guessing that's at night time. Um, yeah, we were quite we were quite strong on letting her grizzle for a bit. If she ever went apocalyptic, we would call it. But if she ever went, you know, real strong crying, we would always go up. But if she was just... I really feel that babies need space. And Amandine, when she was rolling around, you know, it took her a while to shimmy into somewhere comfortable and then she might let out a few cries. And in the night, now, even 16 months on, if she wakes up crying, I know it's a bad dream and and she's definitely... I just let her settle herself, actually. And she's so good at settling herself. She found her thumb. When she found her thumb, that was a godsend because she um, would settle herself straight away. And I think she found her thumb maybe when she started going into her own room around seven months, eight months, nine months, maybe eight months. And she started to find her thumb um, and then she self-settled really, really easily and has done ever since. But I remember when we first started putting her into her nursery in the sleepy head in the evenings we would uh, leave her to grizzle for a few minutes. We would set the timer. So we'd set the timer to start with like three minutes. If she wasn't up in three minutes, we'd go up. Then the next couple of days, we'd say four minutes. But I think, you know, we only ever had to do that three or four times before she got used to being in her room um, and getting comfy and but yeah, if she was ever strongly crying, we always, always went in. Um, but I gave her space. I really gave her space to just be used to being by herself and, you know, self-settling, I guess. Um, okay. Oh, so many comments of how much you guys love this podcast. Thank you. Okay. I know your little one's a good sleeper, but I'd be really keen to hear any advice on helping a baby self-settle. Hopefully I just covered that. Reducing night feeds and essentially helping a baby sleep independently. Mine is just over five months old and I need to lose the dummy soon. I don't have any experience on dummies, but a lot of my friends, they still have their dummies in their 16 months. They only have their dummies at night, though. Um, so maybe... Maybe don't be in such a rush to lose the dummy. I don't know. I mean, Amandine still has her thumb. There's no way that thumb is going anywhere anytime soon, I can tell you that. And to be honest, if it helps her sleep and helps her self-settle, I'm all for it. Um... Reducing night feeds, so that pretty much happened when Amandine went into her own room. I think I only had to, I think it was quite short lived where I would get up and give um, Amandine her night feed and actually go and do it in the bedroom when she woke up. I think, I think, yeah. Um, so that, that probably wasn't until like seven, eight months. But also I tried not to think about dropping the night feeds. I just tried to think about Amandine will tell me when she's ready and she doesn't need the night feed anymore. And then all of a sudden I'm pretty sure she just slept through one night. And then the next night we did night feed. And then the next night she slept through again. And then later, in, oh, that's it. That's it. I remember now it just started getting later and later and later. So uh, she'd wake up at five for a night feed. Then she'd wake up at six and then she'd wake up at six and I'd get her up. So she realized it was morning. Um, and then that was that. Yeah, that was that. That's what happened. So I would, I dream fed her around 10. And actually, I do seem to remember when we were trying to get her through the night longer, I would feed her a little bit later. So maybe like 10, 30, 11. And then she'd go until like five, six. 
and I also tried to make sure she was really hungry um, and wanted lots of milk. We also tried giving her a bottle a fair bit in the evening to actually see how much she was drinking, but that didn't last a huge amount of time actually because I then did uh, did drop drop that feed. Did I drop that feed first? Oh my god, I can't remember. If you go back to the breastfeeding podcast, I think I talk a lot more about how we went about dropping feeds in the breastfeeding podcast. I think that's quite clearly labelled. Um, pop me a DM if it's not, and I'll try and hunt it down for you. Okay, increasing nap time. Mine lasts 30 to 40 minutes max, rarely anything longer. Definitely go and read about that on Taking Care of Babies because Amandine, and this is all again about giving babies their space. Now, this is the experience I've had with Amandine. I'm definitely not saying this is the same for all babies. It's not. I have friends who still only have 40 minute long naps. But Amandine, when we first started napping her, Amandine would sleep 40 minutes. She'd then wake up. She'd then have a little grizzle. I would then give her space because taking the advice on taking care of babies, she'd then fall asleep for another hour. So it's giving them that space to fall asleep for another hour um, and just self-settling. So again, if you can maybe not get rid of that dummy, maybe go in, put the dummy back in, say, no, no, it's still bedtime. Um, perhaps, I don't know, that might work, really work for us. And that's how we are getting super long naps now. Have always had great napping, around two hours long naps um, from the get-go, really, when we started um, really doing good naps. So give that a go. But taking Cara babies, taking C-A-R-A babies. Um, she's brilliant. Really, really great. Okay, two questions. Oh my God, I love this question. This question is such good questions. It's about social life. Social life as a parent, do you and Hendrik have nights out? If so, together or separately? Do you hire a babysitter if you go out together or do you bring A with you? I sometimes miss social events. Yeah, no. (laughs) To be honest, Hendrik and I are not hugely social. Hendrik is like the opposite of social. He does not like social events. He likes one-on-one with people, as do I actually. Um, He likes going for, actually we're the same, so I'll stop breaking it down between Hendrik and I. We like to see our friends. We like to go for a walk. We like to go surf. We like to, um, we don't really do dinners because we're both knackered by the evening and I wouldn't want to. In fact, I had a really kind invite from Bill's to go and uh, check out their veganuary menu. Had it all booked in with my friend Millie, who also has a kid, a baby, same uh, age as Amandine. And I texted the day before and I was like, yeah, there's no way I can do this. Um, and actually, Amandine ended up not being too brilliant. But um, yeah, no, I just, I just didn't want to go. I really I just, I was knackered. And it's the same with teaching my private clients yoga actually as well. Um, it's challenging because uh, I see them in the evenings and to try and give a good class and be awake by the time you've done a whole day with Amandine um, and then put her to bed, the last thing, well, not the last thing you want to do because actually it's really fun when I get there, but kind of when I'm getting ready to go, the last thing I want to do is go teach my private clients at like eight o'clock at night. Um, So no, we just don't have social nights actually. Hendrik and I would really like to go to the cinema sometime soon. So I think I will probably ask my mum to have Amandine or just do something together sometime soon. We haven't had any time, just the two of us. 
ever for 16 months and I really think that's very important for a good relationship and a good marriage um and yeah we have not been doing that so we will try and do that and yeah we will get uh, probably won't hire a babysitter because I just don't know anybody and I really want to get to know them before I leave them with my child so um in fact I really haven't embraced any of that kind of thing and I uh, need to get my head around it because you know not going to be here all the time and there will be social events we want to go to so and we'll want to go together but also you know a lot of things we do do separately I go see my friends separately he sometimes goes sees his friends separately he goes to surf separately because obviously we both can't surf at the same time I'll sometimes go with Amandine we'll walk on the beach um or not um he'll just go by himself and again I think that's really important too but yeah there are times when you want to have time with your other half and uh, it's tricky. It sure is tricky, especially if your parents aren't close. Then, yeah, I guess babysitters or friends with kids um, are the only options. Uh, but yeah, no, we don't have a social life. We actually, in answer to your question, do you take Amandine with you? No, we don't. And that's something I wish we were better at. I follow Joe Wicks on Ween in 15, and I'm always admiring how they just go out to dinner with their daughter and now little son. Um, and they're just sleeping in their puggies. I, Amandine definitely wouldn't do that. Or maybe she would, but we've just never tried uh, to go out for dinner, put Amandine to bed in her um, buggy. I don't, I'm not sure she'd do that. The, the most I've ever done is uh, put Amandine in the car at bedtime and she slept all the way home. And then I transferred her into her cot at home. That's worked really well. Uh, but no, I haven't taken her out to dinner or into a noisy restaurant. But we, we never did it from day one. Whereas Joe Wicks, we in 15, he did it from day one. Okay, I'm waffling. Uh, last question. When did a stop waking up at night? Again, when we put her in her bedroom, I think. I'm sure that was it. She stopped waking up at night. Um, but she has been a dream. And this is actually something else I really wanted to talk about on the podcast. Because... <laughs> sometimes I find it really difficult um and this is like d- real honesty here but when I a lot of my friends have boys and I don't know if it's a difference between boys and girls but sometimes I struggle to add to the conversation because I feel like I just come across as someone who's really braggy about how good their daughter is but I'm not being braggy I'm really not trying to be braggy I just I can't relate because Amandine I don't know where she came from but she is a dream um we are incredibly lucky she's a really easy baby uh occasionally you know she's having her leaps just like every baby but they don't seem to affect her very much and she is really quiet she'll just sit and she'll watch everything and then you know she's super bubbly and happy and wanting to um talk and her language is going really well she's she's already showing signs of being bilingual she'll um you know pick all of this up really quickly so (laughs) when I'm talking to my friends and uh it's it's a challenge to it's it's hard for me to add anything without being like oh yeah and and Amandine can do that and Amandine's doing because she is so I just end up not saying anything which is ridiculous so if you do have if it maybe this will be helpful if you do have a um sort of I can't relate to people uh to to my friends who have kids are a little bit more challenging because I can relate but maybe they don't think that I can relate or maybe they think that I've got an easy ride 
I'm pretty sure I have tricky rides in other places. <laughs> um, but that sounds really bad, doesn't it? But you know what I mean. Um, but maybe if you have a child with a what who seems like a really, really dreamboat of a child, don't always jump to the conclusion that they're trying to brag or they're trying to um, just say that their baby's amazing at everything because I, I don't think that's at all what we're trying to do. Um, it's definitely not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to share from the only place that I can share of, you know, my daughter, my experience. Um, I don't have a child. I don't have a boy. I only have a girl. She happens to be dreamy and easygoing and chill. Um, but that, that should still mean that I'm allowed to chat about, you know, how we're all doing and how I'm finding everything and, you know, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I will leave that with you to think about. <laughs> let me know your thoughts. If you're sitting there and thinking the same, um, then let me know your thoughts. I'm not saying it's all brilliant. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I just, it doesn't even barely feel like I've had a child. Of course it does. Um, but I'm also lucky enough, to, I think, <laughs> I, I don't know if this, I don't know if this plays a part or not, but I'm fairly, I don't know, I like to think live in the country it's fairly stress-free but I have stresses about other things which very briefly I will touch on before because I've had loads of loads of very very kind direct messages on Instagram saying where have you been are you okay what's going on you're not on your Instagram anymore we really miss your content um not that I really uh think that my sharing is content because as you guys know I put very little effort into it um but I am fine. Thank you so much for asking. Yes, I wanted to take a whole break away. I thought that because series five had ended, um, I could take a really lovely big break away from all the podcasts, all social media, absolutely everything. Essentially, I don't think social media is very good for my health. Um, I don't think it's very good for many people's health. I, but I think it's because I'm I'm maybe trying to do a little bit too much. I was trying to be the perfect mum, the perfect wife, run a really successful podcast, um, which is only happening, by the way, because of you guys, because you're listening. But that's one of the reasons why I've chosen to take a step back um, from everything. And this podcast series is going to be super chilled, like really, really mellow. Last series was quite stressful. Um, Just getting everything out on time. You know, I had a lot of other people and brands relying on me. And yes, that was lovely, but it uh, took away the really natural flow. I felt just a little bit of the podcast. So reining it back and stripping it back a little bit. Um, So uh, yeah, essentially, I'm absolutely fine. I'm going to be coming back onto Instagram slowly and surely. I also don't really know how I feel about sharing Amandine on Instagram which makes it really difficult, seeing as everything I'm sharing on the podcast is all about life and mother life, and Mum Talk Instagram is all about life and mum life, and actually my Emma Jolan page is mum life. <laughs> so without putting pictures of Amandine on there, seeing as she is my life, um, it's actually quite challenging, and she's really becoming her own little person now, and I uh, am quite, I just don't know how I feel about it. Not from a safety perspective, actually, um, but more of I don't know I don't know just something just doesn't sit too well um so it might just be that I show the back of her head 
and do those kind of things, you know, rather than the front of her face might make me feel better. Um, okay. So that's enough, but yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. I'm going to come back onto everything. I'm just going to take my time doing it and find, find a way of doing it in a much more healthier way and just take the pressure off a little bit. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I am going to leave you there because I have waffled on more than enough next week. Izzy is going to be coming on the podcast with me, um, to talk all about mindfulness for mums now this isn't just a book plug she was really really interesting to talk to she has been through um her first child was actually through IVF and her second child was natural which I think is really really interesting um so thank you all for listening thank you all for coming back thank you all for sticking with me for the first podcast of series six I promise you I'll get back in the swing of things and it'll be less waffly because it will be. Love you all. Thank you for joining me. Bye.